Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey guys, and welcome to the Moms and Murder podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? Very cold. It's amazing. Doesn't it feel so nice? Yes. I mean, it's cold for us, for sure, but weather report, it's lovely right now. It is. It actually feels like November, which is great because it is November now. So yeah, <laughs> it is November. Yes, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love this weather. I love this time of year. I don't love the time change that we just experienced um, oh, this gosh. weekend. We were talking about that a little before we started recording that we felt like we could have hopped up and done this, you know, recording this morning at eight o'clock because it felt like it was already so late in the day. And yeah, it's 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 an adjustment. It's not my favorite I, adjustment. <laughs> no, I read a tweet though that made me laugh. It was like if everyone was okay with uh, like the time change, it would be done at noon with a celebration instead of like a thief in the night. I was like, that's really, that's really true. We nobody really likes this time change. I don't know why we have to can keep doing it. Why can't we Arizona ourselves and just get out of this mess? Yeah. I'm so tired of it. Yeah. If it, well, honestly, I think the worst part of it for me is that it gets dark at like five o'clock, yes. you know, so there's no evening time to spend outside. And I like being outside. So yeah. I don't like my I've made the decision five. to stop driving whenever it's dark. So it's really cut into my times of driving. Like I've reached the age where I'm like, I don't 
trust myself right. <laughs> on the roads <laughs> at night. So I'm like, wow, I can only drive to like 4.30. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Me too. I feel like I'm just getting my my eyes aren't what they used to be at night driving. No. So yeah, Mm-mm, I have to be no. locked inside early, too early for my liking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into the episode this week. This is a story, surprisingly, that I have never heard about. Nope. Have you heard this one? No. Yeah. Um, So we are talking this week about a place here in our lovely home of Florida, the Magic City, also known as Miami, Florida. It's a place that you might picture as being a very vibrant, energetic city where chiseled abs and body glitter are always in fashion, Lamborghinis and Ferraris flood the streets, and dance music is blaring from every speaker at all hours of the day. And that's actually a pretty accurate depiction of Miami. You would be mostly right if you thought that. Miami is an amazing city to visit, and it's one of my personal favorite places to go in Florida. Every time I go, I always wind up staying. It's the type of town I could spend a few days in, Miami, the city that keeps the roof blazing. (laughs) I'm so proud of you for that. (laughs) I tried to get a little Melissa in there in the beginning. (laughs) I loved it. Anytime Will Smith can be brought into something, I'm thrilled. You have to. You have to. Uh, So all jokes aside, while Miami is an incredibly fun place to experience, like in many major cities, there's also illegal activity and varying levels of crime taking place. And in 2001, some wondered whether there could even be a serial killer on the loose in the local area. It all began in Cooper City, Florida on June 22, 2000, when two motorists driving on Flamingo Road just after 8 a.m. spotted a suspicious-looking brown suitcase on the side of the road. Hoping the bag was full of cash, they stopped their car to pick it up. In 2000? There's no way it was going to be cash. I feel like that's something you saw one time in a cartoon from the 1950s. And like, that does not happen. (laughs) The Roadrunner came upon a bag of cash one time. And that's the only time it's ever happened. And we are all still holding on to hope that it's going to happen. Yeah. It's never, never cash. It's never going to be cash. When they realized that the suitcase was too heavy for either of them to lift, one of the motorists unzipped it just a little bit. And in his words, quote, a body just popped out kind of like an alien from Men in Black, end quote. At the time, Cooper City was not known for being a deadly place to be. In the whole entire year prior to the discovery of this body in a suitcase, there had only been one homicide in the town. So this grisly discovery was especially shocking. The suitcase containing the remains was 30 inches wide, 20 inches high, and 12 inches deep. Officers responding to the scene found the nude body of a woman who was about 5 foot 6 and 120 pounds. The woman's body was in the fetal position but was not decomposed, indicating that this murder had taken place very recently. Inside the suitcase was also a light blue blouse and a Hawaiian print skirt. In the early stages of the investigation, officers had a hard time identifying the victim, so they released photos of her four tattoos to the public and asked that anyone who recognized them please come forward. And that's when the police were able to identify the body of a woman named Kim Dietz Livesey after her estranged ex-husband came forward and identified her body. She was the first of multiple victims in the area who died under similar circumstances over the next year. Kim was born in Hialeah, Florida, and was the only girl amongst four kids. She was a motherly figure to her three brothers, Brad, George, and Jimmy, and she was the type of person that was more than just a friend to all. She really treated everyone like family. Kim was known to be like a sister or a mother. She was always cooking for people and helping whenever they needed anything, including a place to stay. Kim was described as being brutally honest and free-spirited. 
Her mantra was, today is a better day than yesterday, which I really like that. Me too. Yeah, it's a good way to live. So Kim loved dancing and motorcycles, and for a time, she was really passionate about health and nutrition. She spent her time lifting weights, jogging, or biking. But beginning in her 20s, Kim fell into drug and alcohol abuse habits and began finding herself in and out of rehab. When Kim was in AA in 1997, she met Michael Livesey, who was also a recovering alcoholic. Michael and Kim hit it off right away, and they really had a lot in common. By June of 1998, they were married, and both of them were just beaming with joy for their new start. In the spring of 1999, Kim gave birth to a daughter named Victoria, who she stayed home with full-time. Kim also counseled members of the Bikers and Recovery Group on the side. Later in 1999, this young family moves into a home in Oakland Park, which is just north of Fort Lauderdale, and Kim began really building the life of her dreams. She set up a home gym, and she began jogging around with her baby in a stroller. Kim was thrilled to be a mom. Family members said that she always had a smile on her face whenever she was with her daughter. Her mom, Kay, said that having a child changed Kim for the better. She said it was like, quote, her life woke up and all the happiness came out, end quote. By this time, Kim had been sober for three years, and she seemed to be on a really great path and really taking care of herself and her little family. Unfortunately, at some point in the months that followed, Kim relapsed badly and began abusing drugs and alcohol once again. And this was only the beginning of really this crumbling of this new life that she had started to build. Michael filed for divorce in May of 2000 after the couple had already been separated. Kim went to live in Miami with a sponsor while she went through a rehab program and their daughter Victoria continued to live with Michael. During this time, while she was in Miami for rehab, Kim began working as a florist. No one really knew how Kim was doing or how bad things really were for her, though. On Mother's Day in 2000, Kim saw her mom Kay for what would end up being the last time. Kay said that Kim seemed happy that day, but then two weeks later on June 7th, Kim was arrested in connection with drugs. Kim had been trying to earn money to buy crack cocaine when she solicited an undercover officer for sex. When the officer searched her, he found cocaine on her, and she was arrested. Michael said that Kim had never done sex work to fund her addictions in the past before this, and this was something new that she fell into during this particular relapse. Her friend actually was quoted as saying, The arrest, that was not Kim. Her addiction led her to do those things. When she was clean, she was a vibrant, wonderful woman. Kim spent a week in jail before agreeing to go back to the rehab on June 13th. Just nine days later, she was found dead. An autopsy revealed that she died of blunt force trauma to the head. A few weeks into the investigation into the murder, a Cooper City police detective, Robert Cates, said that her murder had been one of the most difficult mysteries that this department had ever worked to solve. He said, quote, it's not every day you find a body in a suitcase on the side of the road, end quote. The police were sure of one thing, though, and that was that Kim was not killed in Cooper City. But what they weren't sure of was how she got there from Miami. Kim's mom, Kay, suggested that maybe Kim was trying to hitchhike from Miami to Oakland Park, where Michael lived, because Cooper City is actually about halfway between those two. But they didn't know for sure if that was the reason that she was in Cooper City or if she was passing through there for that reason. By mid-August, the police believed that Kim was murdered in Miami, and then her body was placed in the suitcase and dumped in Cooper City. 
Officers relied on one single tip that they received that witnesses saw two men carrying a suitcase on Flamingo Road just before the body was discovered. And this has to be so hard for them because, like he said, it's not every day that you find something like this. And where do you even begin? You know, how do you, especially if you've gotten to the point where you're like, this woman isn't even from this city. So that makes it all the more difficult to really identify who this even is. Absolutely. And we're going to get into more details of this story after a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. Fall is finally here, even in Florida. It's my favorite time of year thanks to the cooler weather and the comfy clothes. Whether your plans involve s'mores next to a campfire or going full fall and taking the family apple picking, Faraday has the perfect clothes for getting comfy, all while looking Instagram-worthy. I am a huge sweater person. It's basically a part of my personality. And I don't know about you, but the sweaters I really love and live in are comfy, but they can be a little fugly. But Faraday has quality sweaters and sweatshirts that are comfortable and cute, like the Whitewater Crew sweatshirt that I'm currently obsessed with. It's a total upgrade from the normal sweatshirts I wear, and that's because it's a new twist on an old classic. This sweatshirt is made of super soft and wonderfully textured French terry in a crew cut, which is totally my jam. The textured look gives it a little more pizzazz, and I can dress it down with a pair of joggers or pair it with some booties and jeans for a night out. And here's something you don't hear a lot. Faraday is actually so confident in the quality of their clothes that they actually offer a lifetime guarantee. They will replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. On top of that, they are giving all Moms and Murders listeners 20% off. So stock up on all your fall and winter clothes now. Head to FaradayBrand.com and enter the promo code MOMS at checkout to snag 20% off all your gear. That's Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y, Brand.com and promo code MOMS for 20% off your Faraday purchase. Are there wedding bells in your future? Avoid ending up on Moms and Murder by using Zola, the easiest way to plan your wedding and keep your sanity. Whatever kind of wedding you're planning, Zola.com is the one place to start. They've got your back for all of your wedding needs. That's why over a million couples have planned their weddings with Zola. Planning a wedding can be stressful, but it should be fun. Zola is here to help make that happen. I remember when we got married, I had no idea where to turn, and I'm so jealous that you knew brides and grooms have Zola. All of Zola's planning tools are completely free to use, including things like a free wedding website, which is also where your gift registry lives. And by the way, that registry includes free shipping and returns. Almost nothing in life is free, but Zola is. Plus, it's also risk-free. You can actually get free personalized samples of your invites so you can make sure you love them before you buy them. And of course, you also get free envelopes and guest addressing. If you're planning your wedding, here's our tip. Start with Zola. Go to Zola.com slash moms today and use promo code SAVE50 for 50% off your save the dates. Zola is the one place to start for your wedding day. That's Zola.com slash moms code SAVE50. And now back to the episode. So before the break, we were discussing this body that had been found in Cooper City. Police have finally identified it, but they have really no idea where to start. This woman, Kim, is not even from Cooper City. So trying to figure out how she even got there was, you know, would would help them figure out who could have been behind it. Right. So the investigation into Kim's murder was still underway when another ghastly scene unfolded in Dania Beach. On August 9th, 2000, a woman walking her dog found a black duffel bag around four foot in length left in plain sight around 50 yards from the Broward County Medical Examiner's Office. 
In this case, the body was actually so close to the Emmy's office that they literally just wheeled a gurney to the body and brought it inside the office, which is wild wow, to me. Wow, yeah. To be so close to there. So officers arrived to investigate and they found the nude body of another young woman inside the stuffle bag. She had died of blunt force trauma, just like Kim. By the end of the same day, officers were able to identify this victim as 21-year-old Sia Demetria Demas. Sia was not a Florida native. She had actually come from Chicago with her family when they moved to Dania Beach and then to the Hollywood, Florida area where she grew up. Sia was an outcast from a young age. She was always keeping to herself and bringing home stray birds, stray cats, dogs, and in one instance, a stray man. She actually brought a guy home and told her mom she really felt sorry for him and she just wanted to help him out. Sia was known for being a really good-hearted person who liked to have a good time. As a teenager, a good time started off as, you know, going to pool parties, but it quickly turned into taking drugs. While she was still in high school, Sia was arrested for solicitation and drug-related charges, and by the time she was 18, she was addicted to crack. Sia ran away from home often, despite her mother's efforts to help her. Her mom was constantly worried about her, and every time she ran away, her mom, whose name was Pam, would go to the area called Tent City, and she would actually hand out cigarettes in exchange for information on where her daughter was, which is... It's heartbreaking just, to think about a mom doing that. It is, just the picture yeah. in your head, yeah, and like what she's... I don't know. It's just a lot to take in, but you can tell her mom really, really loved her. Pam tried various methods to help Sia, including looking into treatment plans for her. She said she never stopped loving her daughter or trying to help her. And one big way she actually did help Sia was by raising her four-year-old son. Sia had been living on the street and in and out of dangerous housing arrangements in Fort Lauderdale, working as a sex worker and often using drugs for the last two years prior to her murder. While Sia did have a record, all of her charges were related to sex work or drugs, and there was nothing violent in her background. Due to these charges, Sia had spent some time in and out of jail. She was released after serving a 13-month sentence on July 2nd, 2000, about four weeks before her body was found. So right away, investigators noticed the similarities between Kim and Sia's murders. And it wasn't just that they were both found in luggage on the side of the road in the same county, but their causes of death were also the same. Kim and Sia were also both white women who were known to struggle with addiction and use sex work to support those addictions. A Broward County detective told the Miami Herald that it was like whoever killed these two women wanted them to be found. Witnesses told the police that the last time Sia was seen, she was getting into a man's truck at about 3 o'clock in the morning on August 6th near the 6700 block of Biscayne Boulevard in Miami. This area is known to be frequented by sex workers and those looking for drugs. Witnesses also gave a description of the man who picked Sia up. They said that he was white, had short brown hair, looked about 40 years old, 5 foot 10, with a stocky build and a mustache, which I feel like that describes an awful lot of guys out there. That could be really anybody. That's like 50% of the population. Yeah, yeah. They said that his truck was dark colored and had tinted windows, an extended cab, and a chrome sun visor, as well as chrome rims, which that's a little more specific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the man pulled up in front of Sia and two other sex workers with a wad of cash, and Sia got into his truck. And that was the last time that she was confirmed seen alive. Officers learned that Kim Livesey was also known to frequent this same area of Miami, and they began to wonder if there was a serial killer on the loose in the city. 
Local police in Miami thought they might need backup for this type of investigation, so they asked for federal and state agencies to come assist them. A sketch of the man that Sia was last seen with was drawn and released to the public. The thought among the investigators was that both Kim and Sia were picked up while working as sex workers on Biscayne Boulevard and then transported to another location where they were killed, which of course makes the investigation that much more difficult since they didn't know where the women were killed. Right. So obviously they can't go there to look for further evidence. During this time in the early 2000s, it really wasn't that far-fetched to believe that a serial killer who was targeting sex workers could be out there in the Miami area. Starting in early 1999, there had been numerous sex workers murdered, but all of them at that point, except for one, had been solved. A few of the other murders were a 38-year-old woman named Crystal Martin, who was found dead in the guest house of a Fort Lauderdale home with a t-shirt stuffed down her throat and a belt binding her hands. This attack that ended her life was actually the second brutal attack that she had suffered in her lifetime. 13 years earlier, she was attacked by a man by the name of Donald Lee Evans, who was later convicted of killing a sex worker and a 12-year-old girl. Another woman was named Delia Mendez, and she was found dismembered in Hollywood, Florida in May of 1999. A few months later in August, another 37-year-old woman, Sheila Lewis, was found beaten to death and wrapped in a plastic garbage bag in a field near the Miami River. And on June 19, 2000, 30-year-old Melissa James was found dead in a canal in the area. After Sia's body was found near the medical examiner's office, four more women who did sex work in the Miami area were found dead. They were 34-year-old Gina Roberto, who was found in a canal, wrapped in a blanket and tied to an anchor, 22-year-old Angela Sinez, who was found with her arms and legs bound in a marina. She had been stabbed to death. The third woman was 23-year-old Sharnice Carter, who was found strangled to death behind a building. And then on April 17, 2001, a 20-year-old woman named Janet Ramos was found dead in the parking lot of an apartment building. My gosh, that is so much and so incredibly sad. So I just sad. Feel for all of their families. That's, wow. Although these murders really had one thing in common, each of these victims had been a sex worker, the MO was totally different in these, and they were not thought to be related to the murders of Kim and Sia, which those two had been very similar in many ways, including where they had been picked up, that they were found in these duffel bags sort of thing. But this is like somebody's found in a marina. Somebody's found in, a, right. you know, all over the place. In early September, police searched several rooms at a hotel called the Knights Inn, where Kim was learned to be a regular customer and evidence suggested that Sia had also stayed there before as well. It was believed that one night in June, Kim stayed in room 133 with a man who looked similarly to the composite sketch of the man who picked up Sia. A maid at the hotel told the police that she found a grapefruit-sized blood stain on the carpet the morning after they stayed there. And shortly before that, the man had actually asked to change rooms. Police searched three rooms that they believed this man had stayed in or could have stayed in, and they also swabbed the carpets of 28 additional rooms and swept for hair and fibers. By January of 2001, officers were sure that these two murders were committed by the same person. They continued to investigate the murders until August of 2001, visiting men who had been arrested for soliciting sex workers, following leads to multiple other states, but unfortunately nothing really led them anywhere. And then on August 30th, 2001, the body of another young woman was found floating in Biscayne Bay in Miami. She had been stabbed repeatedly in the chest. 
Jessica Good was 24 years old when her body was found. She was originally from Pittsburgh, but not much is known about her background. At the time of her death, she was struggling with substance abuse and working as a sex worker in Miami, and she was known to frequent the same areas that Kim and Sia did. Investigators spoke with Jessica's boyfriend, who told them that he last spoke to Jessica before she left home that night. He said that a light-skinned Hispanic man in a work van was picking her up, and Jessica even told her boyfriend the plate number, which... This is so sad because she was taking steps to protect herself and to keep herself safe and to let people know, you know, where she was, you know, who she was going to be with and specifically what the license plate number of the car she was getting into, which is really incredible. You don't hear that a lot um, that they have this much information going into something like this. To have the tag number. I mean, crazy things can happen on the road where you can't even get that. So for her to know to get that and pass that information on really made all the difference. Yeah. So the officers called the company that owned this van to find out more about who was driving it. And that's when they finally got a name to work with, Roberto Wagner Fernandez. And they said that he was the only employee that was linked to this particular Mm -hmm. van. And we're going to get into the rest of the story after one last break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. I ran across one of those little Pinterest quotes the other day that said, accessories make everything better. And I couldn't agree more, which is why I adore Ana Luisa jewelry. And Ana Luisa doesn't just make gorgeous jewelry, but they create pieces with a beautiful story from beginning to end, starting with recycled materials whenever possible, as well as transparent business practices and small batches that are kind to the earth. I told you guys before about my beautiful gold mama necklace from Ana Luisa. It's one of my favorite pieces of jewelry that I've ever had, and I really find myself wearing it all the time. It's so comfortable. I've accidentally slept in it more than once, but Ana Luisa's quality is so great, the necklace is still totally fine. Recently, though, I got these adorable little gold safety pin earrings from Ana Luisa. They're called Sia, and they come in silver or gold, and they are so minimal and dainty, and when I pair them with my mama necklace, it makes me look less like a regular mom and more like a cool mom. I'm always complimented on these earrings. There's just something so cute about miniature versions of normal things that everyone loves. Ana Luisa, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, is all about fair pricing, which is why their jewelry starts at just $39, with new collections released each and every Friday so you'll always find something new to fall in love with. Plus, when you go to shop.analuisa.com slash moms, you'll get 10% off their already amazing prices. We absolutely recommend checking out Ana Luisa. Go to shop.analuisa.com slash moms. That's Ana Luisa spelled A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. We love them. Their pieces start at $39 and they are currently running the biggest sale of the year. You can get 20% off if you go on shop.analuisa.com slash moms. There's never been a better time to take care of yourself than now. Whether something in your life is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, the licensed professional therapists with BetterHelp want to help you become the best you this year. BetterHelp is professional counseling that you can do right from the comfort of your home through weekly video or phone sessions. I've used BetterHelp for the past several years, and I can't tell you what a relief it is to just get all my thoughts out to a professional without ever having to leave the house. I deal with anxiety and depression and have most of my life, so just having someone I can talk through with different scenarios or those immediate big problems that pop up in life has been really invaluable, especially this last year. Of course, anything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential, and best of all, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Financial aid is also available. 
Whether you're struggling with family issues, sleep, stress, or more, BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com moms. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com moms. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Now back to the episode. So before the break, police have, you know, moved in. They finally, they have a tag number. They were able to trace it to a company. They're able to trace it to this one person, a man by the name of Roberto Fernandez. So a little about Roberto, he was born and raised in Brazil, where he eventually became a licensed pilot. We really don't know anything about his early life, but what we do know about his life in general isn't really that great. In 1996, Roberto moved to Miami after he had been accused of murdering his wife in Brazil. Wow. Yeah, so he claims self-defense, and eventually he's acquitted. But after the trial's over, he scooched over to Miami, and that's where he decided to live. So Roberto traveled between Miami and Brazil multiple times between 1996 and 1999. In 1999, though, he finally obtained a U.S. driver's license, and he used that license. He actually worked as a tour guide for a while. He drove people around Miami, you know, giving them the rundown of the place. Kind of reminded me of like how an Uber driver, if you get in, you're like, can you tell me about the town? And they're just like telling you all the things. Yeah. So he also worked as a flight attendant based out of Miami International Airport. Roberto was also known to hire sex workers, and investigators immediately believed he was responsible for Jessica's murder. She has 
the license plate. You know, he was last seen with her. There's everything is really pointing to him. They go back to his home and they find that his van is parked outside. So great. We're going to get this guy, right? But Roberto is gone. He had actually fled Miami and gone back to Brazil, which, by the way, is a no extradition country. Of course. Yeah. So he never returned to the U.S., but DNA found in that van matched traces of DNA that was found under Jessica's nails. So police assumed that he was her killer, although with him being in Brazil, there's really not anything they can really do about it. Even after he runs for Miami authorities, Roberto continues to find himself in trouble in Brazil. In 2003, he was identified as a suspect in a rape there. But it wasn't until later that U.S. police realized that Roberto wasn't just responsible for Jessica's murder. He was responsible for others as well. In 2011, there was a huge breakthrough in the case of Kim and Sia when DNA from Jessica Good's murder was matched with the DNA profile of the suspect in Kim and Sia's murders as well. Whoa, that's huge. That's right. like, yeah, that's a huge breakthrough. And since police knew that Jessica was most likely murdered by Roberto, they wanted to test his DNA against the DNA they found in connection with the other murders. Florida authorities were so serious about this that they actually flew to Brazil themselves to collect his DNA so that they could be 100% sure that he was the killer they had been looking for for over 10 years. Unfortunately, as many bombshells as they've had in this case already, when the officers arrived in Brazil, they learned that Roberto was dead and he had been dead for quite some time. Yeah. Six years earlier, in 2005, Roberto was flying a plane from Brazil to Paraguay when he crashed and died. As we said, he was a trained pilot. He got his pilot's license in Brazil, so he was flying this little plane across uh, to another country, and he crashed. His body was actually brought back to Brazil for burial. But for whatever reason, these Florida officers who are hearing and learning about this didn't believe that he was actually dead. One of the detectives said that there were just a lot of really weird and unusual circumstances in Brazil that led them to believe that he had actually faked his own death. For one thing, Roberto wasn't exactly the most well-liked guy in town after he was acquitted of his wife's murder, and rumor had it, members of her family had actually put a hit out on Roberto when they found out that he had returned to Brazil. They suggested that this was possibly the reason that he was trying to flee to another country, to Paraguay. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Right. So even though Roberto was, by all accounts, an actual dead man, Florida authorities, the Justice Department, the FBI, and the Brazilian National Police all continue to investigate him as if he was still out there somewhere. Although the investigation was complicated and there were many challenges due to the fact that multiple countries were involved, everybody worked together and the Brazilian government was cooperative and helpful with the U.S. investigation. Keep in mind, Roberto was also tied to crimes against sex workers in Brazil, so it's not like they had no interest, you know, in solving this themselves. So in some cases, you know, you'd be like, they might not want to cooperate with a U.S. investigation. In this case, they want him too. He's guilty of crimes there as well. So they're also looking and they're aiding, you know, everybody is kind of working together to find this guy and find out if he's really dead, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, Which is just interesting because it's kind of the case has taken on a new direction. Now it's not only are we looking to find out if he is, you know, the killer of these women, but also is he alive? Is he dead? What's exactly going on here? Right. Well, that, I mean, it's amazing that they all work together, but it's wild to me 
I mean, they have to be thinking wherever he goes, he's going to do this again. It, they have to know that he's dead because he's now been in two countries doing these things. Wherever he goes next, it's not like he's going to quit. He's right. going to keep doing the same thing. Brazilian officials eventually found a set of fingerprints they originally obtained back in 1996 when Roberto's wife was killed, and they handed these prints over to the Florida authorities. So these prints are taken and ran against the fingerprints found in connection with the murders of Sia and Kim, and shockingly, they were a match. So the murder of Jessica Good followed a completely different MO. So police initially never thought that Roberto was even a suspect in this case, but now fingerprints proved that he was their killer as well. Oh my gosh. That's even more terrifying because it's a different MO, because that means like the MO is not having an MO, I guess. You just do right. whatever, and that makes it that much more difficult to link any other crimes that he could have been responsible for unless they have DNA or fingerprints from those. Yeah, and it's so important um, as to why officers, investigators don't always think inside the box, because if they're only looking at this from as the same MO, period. Right. There, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And the sad thing is, yeah. yeah, And the sad thing is, how many more people will be killed because they're not getting this information from what I saw out to sex workers to say, hey, there's somebody out here killing, right? You know, your friends. And if they had linked all of this stuff, maybe, you know, there would have been more information. You know, hopefully there would have been more. But man, so investigators were more determined than ever to find Roberto. Or, you know, find proof that definitively that this guy is dead. And it would be a really a long time before they even got anywhere with that. In 2020, so just last year, a Brazilian judge was finally persuaded to order an exhumation of Roberto's body. And in October of 2020, his remains were removed from his grave. Testing proved that the remains in the grave did belong to Roberto. And further testing confirmed what they already knew, that he was the killer of at least three women in Miami. Kim Livesey, Sia Damas, and Jessica Good. Authorities believe that Roberto could be responsible for other murders that we may never know about. In August of 2021, police were still searching for more. Florida authorities held a press conference asking anyone who had any information on Roberto to please call them. Detective Scott said, quote, I wish we were up here showing you his mugshot. Unfortunately, we were deprived of that pleasure. Knowing his last minutes on earth were probably filled with terror makes me feel a little better, end quote. My gosh, it definitely makes you wonder about all of those other murders of sex workers at around the same time when he was there committing these murders. It really makes me wonder, could he have been responsible for some of those? He could be one of the biggest serial killers in recent times. Really, we, one of yeah. the as far as body count goes and we just don't know my gosh and then you think like back to his wife and whether or not he did that but he was acquitted um had he been convicted all the lives that could have been saved we don't even know how many but just man it's just it's wild people like this terrify me yeah, it's scary. And and just the fact that we don't know is also scary because, yeah, he could have been um, truly one of the you know worst serial killers of our time that, like you said, that we would have in our recent um, past. So, yeah, very scary stuff to think about and to think that crimes like this can take so long to actually be solved and to be figured out. Right. You know, you're always thankful when they are able to figure it out no matter how much time has passed. But, um, yeah, just just really eye opening to kind of see how 
how hard it can be to solve crimes like this. Yeah. And without Jessica Good writing down that tag number, would they have ever figured anything out with him? I don't right. I don't know that they would have. No, exactly. If that because that was really the one piece of information that broke the entire case wide open was the fact that she thought enough, you know, to tell somebody that kind of information. And that really was that was really just amazing to me that that was how they ended up figuring it out. Yeah. One thing I wondered is how did he know that police were onto him because he fled, right? Could it have been that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, do you think the company told him, hey, the police were calling and we told them that you drive that oh, van sure. and what's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For him to get out of there, like he had to know something because he wasn't going to stop. He was, you know, clearly doing right. that a lot. But well, man. and imagine you own this company and you have this driver that's working for you and the police are calling. Of course, you're going to hang up the phone and immediately call your employee and say, hey, like, what's going on? <laughs> like, you know, right. the, poli- the police for some reason have the company tag number. Um, like, yeah. what, like, what are you doing here? You know, so I, I'm sure he was tipped off in some way like that. And that's probably Oof. why he left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so man. that is it for this, <laughs> this week's episode. Melissa, are we yeah. ready to turn the page and move on to I- the last thing before we go? And more than happy to. Mandy, you kicked the episode off with lyrics from a famous uh, Will Smith song, Miami. <laughs> yep. And so <laughs> that put in my little pea brain, why don't we do some Will Smith fun facts? This is Yay. a totally, yeah, I think this is super fun. Hopefully you will as well. So some are yes, no, some are, you know, whatever. Go with it. Roll with it. Okay. Slide with me. Just slide with me. Take a walk with me. Take a walk with me. Okay. (laughs) His songs are all in my head today. Okay. So, Mandy, the first one is, while Will Smith sings about Miami, where is he actually from? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Why? He's obviously not from Miami. He must be from... going to Miami. Let's say... I don't know. You might kick yourself whenever I tell you the answer on this one. Is he from West Phil- Philadelphia? Philly. Born I was going to say, is he from Philly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. That was a true to life moment for him. <laughs> yeah. So Will Smith's middle name, what is it? Is it Karen, Carol, or Constance? Constance. Oh, no, it's Carol. I can't believe I got oh. you on the Constance one. Yeah. <laughs> Carol. Yeah. So how old was Will Smith when he made his first million dollars? Was he 18, 21, or 25? I'm going to go with 21. He no, was 18. Yeah, yeah sorry. 18. Because I had forgotten that he really did get such an early start. So that makes sense. He did. He collaborated with DJ Jazzy Jeff, and they worked on some music, including his huge debut single, Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble which (laughs) (laughs) and then he launched the uh he had the album rock the house and that really launched his career but the funny thing is so he's a millionaire by 18 you know both of his kids were millionaires way before then right Willow had that hair back and forth jaden's been in everything wait that was her i whip my hair back and forth i whip my hair back and forth yes i did not know that was will smith's daughter Yes, I was, that was today Willow years old Smith. when I just learned that. <laughs> she also does that song, We Caught a Vibe. I should not know that song. I'm much too old to say things like you, caught a vibe. You have caught a vibe. <laughs> I've caught a vibe. I've maybe caught a cold. I don't know what's going on. I've caught a fever. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, that was Willow Smith. 
So, Mandy, Will Smith has been nominated for five Golden Globe Awards, two Academy Awards, and he's actually won four Grammys. What two movies was he nominated for Best Actor for an Academy Award? So he had two I nominations. I Am Legend. Ooh, okay. So Is that one of them? It is not, but oh, um, man. <laughs> I was going to give you choices, but I'd rather oh. hear what your thoughts are. Go ahead. Oh, no. I Am Legend. That was it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was my one guess. <laughs> okay. Muhammad Ali and the Pursuit of Happiness. The next one is Muhammad Ali and Hitch. And the third one is Muhammad Ali and Concussion. No, it has to be Muhammad Ali and the Pursuit of Happiness. You are absolutely right. Way to go. I wish yes. I had sound clips to play yes, for you. I like love that movie. Aww. Pursuit of Happiness? Yes. Yeah, I think it made me really sad. I don't yeah. know that I made it through it. Um, that just, but that's not on the movie. That's on me. I think I just like it was a little much for me. Um, but maybe I finished it. I don't remember. Yeah. That it can't was. Be it's good. sad. It is sad. It's an emotional. Maybe it was too sad film. for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, my last real question is this: What movie did Will Smith actually turn down a chance to star in? Instead, starring in wild wild west which he later called a thorn in my side (laughs) (laughs) and added to see myself with chaps i don't like it oh no (laughs) besides wild wild west what movie could he have been in instead what what role did he turn down oh do i get choices on this one because you don't um i don't think i can come up with them um, um oh how wait, about this red pill year? blue pill oh sorry i was gonna say well first of all what year did that movie come out so at least i even know what time frame i'm doing i think with. late 90s oh my gosh i have no idea red pill blue pill oh if i say that matrix he was supposed to be yeah in the matrix? he was supposed to be neo in the matrix he was supposed <gasps> to be keanu reeves's character see now i cannot even picture that being the case wild right yeah that's that is very fun I know. to think about. I kind of want to live in an alternate reality where Will Smith was Neo in the Matrix now. <laughs> I think you have to take the red pill instead of the blue. <laughs> yeah, I think they need to reboot the Matrix and put him in there. <laughs> I know. Well, all I, the funny thing is whenever I picture it in my head, I can see Will Smith in that thing. But I think it's because of Men in Black. Like that's what I actually see him as yeah. a Men in Black character as neo so (laughs) (laughs) there's a healthier way to do it and i'm not there yeah yeah (laughs) awesome yeah well before we go we have um some new episodes up on patreon patreon.com slash moms and murder podcast we have i think three months of videos on there now maybe two months i can't remember um and then every month we release a brand new episode on audio and video Um, You can get that. We send out cards and magnets and stickers and all those fun things. So if you are interested in getting any of that, check out momsandmurder.com slash, no, patreon.com slash momsandmurderpodcast. And also you can get ad-free episodes, early release. We release them on Sunday evenings, which I think for some people is still Sunday evenings when we release. No, no, no. They get it Monday. Forget it. Get yeah, a Sunday evening. It's at yeah. least a day ahead of time. I was going to say, there's nowhere in the world that's two days. <laughs> I don't <laughs> two know days how time works. Yeah. <laughs> well, with the new time change, I don't know. I, I really, it yeah, could be. it feels that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, that was it for this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. We will be back next week. Same time, same place, new story. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. 
You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.